Yeah, just imagine like the flea market, the post office and radio. If they all came together in one in a digital sense. And that's why we say we believe we built the Gutenberg printing press of the digital age. We think we built the most important, powerful communication tool in the world today. Now, time will tell if that's true. And if we are not successful, somebody else will do what we're doing successfully and they will end up being the ones that do it. So we'll see if we can earn it, right? The market will respond and tell us. All right, now with me is Ian Utility. Uh, Ian is the creator, the five years ahead of its time, the what everybody's talking about now with NFT's creator of Attention Live. And I've had in the, in the last 45 minutes of my life uh, an enjoyable time talking to him. Ian, thank you for being on the show officially. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Don, for having me. I love what you do with young people. I think what has been developed uh, with this organization, empowering young entrepreneurs is incredibly important. I wish I would have had you in my life when I was younger. Okay, so fun fact, and I'm a oh boy. This is this is not me setting you up, um, but like when we are, you know, we're we're a, we're a nonprofit. So when we're in kind of a profit, um, a, you know, a profit raising mode, when a when a potential donor says, "Where were you when I was 16? I know that like we're closing. So, <laughs> so that is always golden. Be like, I really could have used you when I was younger. So thank you. Um, I'll send you our address. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I get somebody like two or three people, um, tweeted at me and they said, Wetrick, you got to see this. Um, and before I jump into it, this segment of our show is really about like ecosystems and, and place settings. You know, I've been talking, uh, in previous shows and actually ones that we have scheduled up or of like, in some cases, um, economic developers, mayors, governors, I see you in a lot of ways, this new mayor of a digital world where there is a lot of confusion about NFTs. And maybe you can go into a little bit about that, but I want you to go deep into the voice skills and why NFT has so much potential. And that is why, because when I, and when I saw the tweet and then I checked out your Twitter account and I checked out uh, Attention Lives, my first reaction was, nah. And then I started, but, and, and then, and we'll get into this too. I swear to God, I'll let you talk, but I'm so excited because you did a live demo on YouTube live of attention live on Alexa skills live. You did a live stream of a live stream of a live stream and it blew my mind, blew my mind. Well, that's so, fun. I have I'm, now, I'm, glad, I'm glad it impacted you. Dude, it was, <laughs> and your enthusiasm, I'm like, I'm doing this live. Um, so I've rambled now. Tell us about Attention Live, and then we'll kind of get into what NFTs are. Fantastic. So a little background on NFTs. They are non-fungible tokens, and I'll get into more detail of that, but it's like the opposite of a Bitcoin, right? Uh, if Don has a Bitcoin and I have a Bitcoin, we could trade Bitcoins. It won't make a difference. It's all the same but he may have a non-fungible token, a one of one, and I may have one and they may have totally different value. Like for instance, a pink slip to my car would be a one of one and a deed to Don's house is a one of one, but he wouldn't trade his house for my car. And so that's the point of a non-fungible token is it is provable, trustworthy, that there's only one of these 
and that it retains ownership over something. So I first had speakers talking about NFTs at my Future of Tech event I did inside Twitter's headquarters in 2017. So it's not new to us. We baked NFT creation and uh, marketplace automation inside of our platform, uh, gosh, almost two years ago. And so when, when NFTs exploded, right, in media and everybody's talking about it, uh, for us, it was like, oh, this is great. Finally, the world's caught up. Um, and so, but I'm in my treehouse. I'm a father of two boys, eight and 12 years old. And we live in a treehouse in the Aptos Forest in San Francisco Bay Area. So when news affects us, <laughs> not just negative news of the pandemic or whatnot, or it's crazy stuff happening in politics, but when news affects me in the treehouse, that's always a fun time. And so just looking at like, wow, the world is starting to understand the significance of cryptography and the importance of how it's going to affect art and gaming and collectability. And in our opinion, all things audio. You brought up voice devices, right? There's Amazon's Alexi. I don't say the real name, so I don't fire off people's speakers. There's Google's Assistant. There's Samsung's Bixby and Apple's Siri and many others. And we believe at our company, uh, this is my seventh startup, so I'm a glutton for punishment right? Being an entrepreneur is kind of like a death march to a life camp. And I just keep marching, <laughs> uh, startup after startup. And so for this, what we believe is that voice as the interface, we don't think you should have two thumbs on a piece of glass or 10 fingers on a keyboard. We think you should speak to technology and it should speak back to you. But having a voice as an interface is not enough. You have to also have it foundationally built and tied into a distributed ledger. So you can have a decentralized autonomous community, because big tech companies are slave master institutions, right? It's Jack Dorsey at the top, it's Mark Zuckerberg at the top. Them and their board make decisions for the employees that make decisions for the advertisers that make decisions for the content creators and consumers. The people at the bottom are the ones that actually keep it going, <clears throat> but now they're the product. We all see this in the Social Dilemma uh, documentary, The Great Hack about uh, how these things are used, even with good intentions, potentially, it still ends up being nefarious how it happens. So we just have a totally different approach at our organization, and um, it's fun to be here and talk a bit about it. I'm happy to dive into specifics on any given topic. If people want to explore more, you could go to ATTN.LIVE. We wrote a white paper called Decentralized Voice Tech Will Disrupt Centralized Interfaces. The last word in that document is NFT, and I started writing that in 2018. We released it last year, but uh, a lot of insight in terms of voice tech, decentralized tech, and why our company and our sonic streaming platform is an illustrative example of what is to come. So let me see if I can explain this as I was explain as I will explain it to my um, father who is in his 70s. Okay. If I, if when I, when I, when I get things right, I like that. Cause if it's not easy to understand, then hey, maybe I need to work harder. Absolutely. And, 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 and so like, without a doubt, there our audience trends a little younger. Um, and there's a decent amount part tech educator and without a doubt, a younger entrepreneur. Um, so, uh, that intersection of like, people that have the share similar opinions to like Seth Godin and Gary Vee on education. Uh, but yet with it, with a, with a slant of tech, but so, so NFTs may be a little bit confusing and especially what, what attention live seems to do. So again, okay, dad, Hey, Hey son, I heard you talk to Ian at attention live. What the heck is that? Well, dad, 
um, before you can record uh, and, and put out a podcast, you can do things live. Um, the thing is, if you go through attention live, you, it kind of grabs it ahead of time and then puts an NFT to where you can prove kind of like your digital receipt. So if somebody wanted the original, you know, cause like in the sports memorabilia world, if you, you know, Hey, you know, dad, when we bought that Jersey from Peyton Manning, it can come with a, a certificate of authenticity. Well, that's kind of a, an affidavit proving that it was authentic. He'd say, okay, son, I get that. So an NFT would be like this token, this timestamp that you sent it there first and you can keep your digital rights. And then when it streams to any other platform, it technically went through Attention Live first to where you retain ownership and you have that timestamp, authentic, this is mine, no one else's. Yes. I think my dad would understand that. And I, then he'd say, I, if, let's say you're talking to your grandma. Okay, let's take it like to the elderly. Okay, okay, but to be fair, my dad's, and I love him. He is 78. So it's still you know, young. <laughs> good for you. Okay, he is going to listen to this and he's going to say that that Ian was a really nice guy. I, I um, think 78 is still young. I mean, we're going to all live to 120 plus with the way uh, health is going. But if I had to explain it in the most simplistic way, I say what we've built is simply radio, the flea market, and post office. That's what we built. It's live audio with a marketplace that's automated and mass distribution analytics. That's the easiest way to think about what we built at Attention Live. When you start getting into the details, it's like explaining to somebody how electricity works when all they want to do is turn on the light. It's like explaining how the sewer system works and the water system works and the rivers work when all they want to do is turn on the water. And we at Attention Live have to keep things simple enough, not for a techie conversation, not for entrepreneurs, but with dad and grandma, we have to keep things simple enough where it's just as simple as saying like, yeah, just imagine like the flea market, the post office and radio, if they all came together in one in a digital sense. And that's why we say we believe we built the Gutenberg printing press of the digital age. We think we built the most important, powerful communication tool in the world today. Now, time will tell if that's true. And if we are not successful, somebody else will do what we're doing successfully, and they will end up being the ones that do it. So we'll see if we can earn it, right? The market will respond and tell us. Yeah, no, I... Uh... So seeing how early you guys were, that was one of the things that I was bugging out. I'm like, do people understand what, what, I mean, even in my fairly decent understanding of what you're doing, I'm like, this is really early. Uh, let's explain though to my dad and people representing people that may not be, because by the way, I'm, I'm going to sound snarky. So I just kind of got on Clubhouse and 80% of Clubhouse, it seems to be uh, NFT uh, talk. And I did have to laugh and I'm not making fun. Uh, but apparently Lindsay Lohan is an NFT expert. Um, so there's a lot of experts out there talking All about it. All the way NFTs. out in Dubai. <laughs> All the way out in Dubai. So, uh, so there's a lot of people that have interests for sure. But, but I, what I want to center in on is like, what is the monetization of this other than the, the proving that it was original source? So through your lens of flea market, what is the market? Fantastic. So I'll give you monetization on a few angles. So number one, if something's one of one, it's like a one of one baseball card, right? Like it's the, it's the home run baseball that's signed by the guy that runs the, that, that hit it. There's some collectability in a one of one that can be proven. 
Okay. And the reality is, even though we don't respect teachers, preachers, and podcasters as artists, they are. They're using their voice to create something, not just a sound, but they could be educating or entertaining, but it's significant. And so for the first thing is just, we are basically solidifying. This is a collectible item now, and they can hold it for their kids, great, 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 great grandkids, or they could sell it and it can be resold over and over and over again. Number one, it's a collectible item that can be sold. Number two, what ASCAP and BMI does for musicians, we are attempting to do for those that use their voice. Because when this NFT is sold for the second and 222nd time, that original content creator will be paid in perpetuity every single time it's sold. So this is a very important part of what we're doing. It's not just about the fact that, Don, you make an NFT to your podcast and you sell it for 10 bucks. It's like, yeehaw. No, it's how about the 77th time it's sold, seven years from now, and that time it ended up selling for 10 grand because of the guest you had on the pot, whatever it is, and you get a royalty check again for the 76th time. So the first two things I'll mention is the collectible has value. And when it's resold over and over again, there's value. Here's the next category, publishing. You see, publishing is a broken industry. If HarperCollins and Random House want to take all of your podcast content and write a book from it, there's a lot of middlemen involved in making that happen. Well, not if it was an NFT. Then they would just go and buy all of your NFTs and write the book because they own your content. Or they'd lease all of your NFTs and they'd have one of their editors write a book, ghostwrite it, because they acquired the, the rights to do so. So first, it's the collectability. Second, it is the ability for publishing. Third, we are tracking engagement. So our NFTs will track the engagement, ideally, of all shares, comments, likes on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, et cetera. Now, as a podcaster, you can take the token that you own that tracks the engagement of that content, and you can bring it to a sponsor or an advertiser and say, you need to add a zero to the sponsorship that you're doing with me because look, here's the proof of our engagement. It's not just 100,000 downloads on iTunes. This is the number of people that we are actively reaching. So those are three ways that our customers will benefit greatly financially by using NFTs when they create content through our platform. There's a lot more I can share, but that's enough as a starting point. Yeah, no, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking of a couple of things like the, okay, actually, can you retrofit this? Let's just say, because like the whole Jack Dorsey selling off his first tweet. Um, the original source recording of Joe Rogan's first podcast and first episode has to be worth a lot of money. Should he want to do that? Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so what we're doing can, for- So you can retrofit some of this. Well, because, oh, it's case in point. So um, we, I, uh, one of our new donors is also a uh, collectibles person. And, and actually he does this- uh, as a living too. He owns other things, but one of the things is sports memorabilia. He was going to donate us a signed Jersey. I'm not going to say who, but uh, it was pretty cool. And he was like, yeah, I'll get you that certificate of authenticity. And I was like, mm. question naively, can you throw an NFT around that? And could you build in a contract that if I get you this signed Jersey, let's just say that he knows this quarterback 
And that quarterback can say in the contract, I'll give you a 30 minute call or I'll give you a, a, a 10 minute pep talk. It, could that be done? Is that the new certificate of authenticity for sports memorabilia? Yes. And so yes to all of that and whatever other customization you could possibly want to put, you have to think of an NFT like a, if this, then that protocol that's immutable and unchangeable. It's a smart contract based off of cryptography on a blockchain. Most of the time, the Ethereum blockchain, sometimes other blockchains, most of the time in the OpenSea marketplace, but sometimes it's in our NFT.cred marketplace or it's in Nifty Gateway. None of that stuff matters. All that matters is that an NFT, a non-fungible token, is a smart contract. It's an if this, then protocol. And it says that some collector of a jersey will create an NFT that says this jersey is owned by this token holder. And when this jersey is repurchased, then the athlete has agreed to 30 minutes of their time once. Or the athlete has agreed 30 minutes of their time every single time this jersey token is purchased because the athlete's getting a royalty off of it. So he doesn't mind spending 30 minutes of his time. And so there is no limit to the things you can bake into an NFT. And this is why it's way beyond art. The fact is, Beeple's, uh, you know, his art piece went for $70 million uh, through Christie's auction. That's like not where NFTs are going. NFTs are not, Don, your podcast NFTs are not going to go for hundreds of thousands of dollars on a regular basis. The ideal scenario is that it facilitates small microtransactions over and over and over again. Right. And so it's a matter of pennies, dollars, less than $100 increments of fans, content consumers paying either for access or for something that's collectible or something that gives them value. And I actually think NFTs are going to go the opposite direction. I think that new content creators will end up basically compensating content consumers to collect their NFTs. It'd be a little bit tough for me to get into the details, but if you look at the Brave browser, the Brave browser is like the opposite of Google Chrome or Apple Safari. And that if you are on the Brave browser, you get compensated in BAT tokens, basic attention tokens, for your attention. And I do believe that content, cons content consumers will soon be compensated for their attention. Now, Gary Vaynerchuk will never have to compensate anybody for their attention. In fact, people might be willing to pay Gary for his content, right? Like, Gary, I'll give you three cents a minute to get access to your fresh content. But there are other content creators that would pay three cents a minute if there's somebody that would give them their undivided attention, leave a comment, share, and like. And these are the types of things that NFTs and cryptography tokens can facilitate. They so, can facilitate mm. this, this new paradigm of content creator, content consumer, direct connection. So is that, man, uh, I reading between that line, is that maybe a huge shift or maybe a competitor to like a YouTube? Yes. Yeah, so YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, none of those companies will exist in 10 years if they remain big tech slave master institutions yeah. that's all about the consumer being the product they will they will disappear 
It doesn't matter if Microsoft and trillion dollar companies are behind them. They still will not survive the revolution that's coming through decentralization. So YouTube can thrive. YouTube can be the most important video platform in the world as long as YouTube and Google decide to adopt some decentralized, autonomous approaches to how they treat their content consumers, content creators, and Mm -hmm. advertisers. They're going to have to give up some control. And they're going to have to allow people to have more freedom of choice, freedom of consequence, freedom of benefit. They're going to have to stop shadow banning, deplatforming, censoring. All those things must stop. Or they can just count the days until they're no longer relevant because other organizations will rise and the CEO and the board and the staff will not have to have a slave master institution. They'll be okay being at the bottom and having a thing where they're propping up the content creators and propping up the community of content consumers and saying, we are here to make space for them. So if YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, if they decide to change the way that they do things, it will likely be because the market demands it. And if and when they respond to the market, then they will have a chance to exist. If they don't, nobody's going to care. Do you know what you and I don't care about? Big hotel chains and taxi cabs. Why? Because Airbnb and Uber just made life a lot easier for us. And nobody's going to care if Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg's amazing inventions for 15 years ago remain 15 years from now. If these platforms change with the times and start to serve people well, then there'll be life. Otherwise, it will be a thing of the past. Yeah, the, the only thing um, in my little cynical brain that goes off, though, is um, on that reverse of will you almost spend money to get people to pay attention? Um, what about the people that uh, see the shift coming and then are able to make that shift? And because they've made so much money on the old way, they can can they game the system and say, I'm going to start paying out a lot of my tokens so I can get like, and I'm not saying this is the case for a Casey Neistat or a Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm sure they're nice people. Um, but because they got such a huge start, wouldn't they have a, a, a little bit of gamesmanship on being able to incentivize, even if they're starting to lose a little bit of relevancy, kind of like incentivize more watching by the padding of stats and, and wealth that they've already accrued? That's a great question. I mean, I, I don't know if I have a strong answer for yeah. that. I mean, I think, that's, that's bring, nothing you new. A, when you yeah, I mean, that's Gary nothing Gates. new. It's like, it's like, like right. Barry Gordy's kids had a contract at Motown Records. Sorry, I'm dating myself, kids. But I mean, you know, that, that whole, the people that have, the people that have acquired wealth are going to be trying to get in on the first of the, of the new way. And, and obviously, we've seen people still lose relevance no matter how much money you have. I mean, sometimes when you've lost relevance, you, you've lost it. Um, but that, that, that's my only thing is like when that, you know, the, the top paying down, when the down person is all of a sudden, you know, big names on a YouTube platform, when all of a sudden you have to reverse that, then they're going to have an advantage. Now to your credit, I agree. Like Gary Vaynerchuk has such a faithful, loyal base. He's not going to necessarily have to pay that out. And I do think that there is a lot to be said on that you kind of own your thing. And you've blown my mind with the in, per, you know, in, per, per, the, 
Right. In perpetuity. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I mean, like, cause that those, those five cent transactions that go on and on and on, um, is really, really, really intriguing. And, and, and again, my mind is now rushing with all the other things that can be retrofit for the NFT. Now, the only thing I will have to say is that the, the, the problem <clears throat> is, is people is the human element. So let's just say, you know, famous NFL guy in his contract says, anytime somebody buys this, I owe you a 10 minute call. If that person totally flakes out on you, now you've got a problem. Correct. I mean, like, but human error is human error. So there's no problem if money's not collected in advance. There's really no problem if there's guarantee of satisfaction for the value that's being paid for. So I think the way that you get around that is you have it to where when there's transactional value between two parties, the transaction takes place after the party that's paying is satisfied, ideally, is the scenario. It's not that easy to do. Usually escrow accounts make the most sense. Like in the future of crypto DeFi, you're going to have people saying, I want five minutes of Gary Vaynerchuk's private one-on-one time. And Gary says, I'm making that available for $5,000. And the person says, I'll put $5,000 in an escrow account. And as soon as I get the five minutes of Gary V's time, and it's what I was expecting, then that's released to Gary. Now that's a $5,000 increment, but what about the people that are doing this for three cents, right? I need this person's uh, insight and I only need it for, you know, two minutes and they, in their country, they make $2.50 a day. And so their rate for two minutes is three cents and I'll pay three cents to get some information that I need to write the book I'm doing for college. And this is the way, now I don't think all transactions will be, not all relationships will be transactional, but there'll be a transactional opportunity for people to, because what is money? Money is a faith-based system that says, I have a piece of paper that says $100 on it. And I'm going to give this to you and you're going to give me product or service based on this value in the market. Bitcoin, same thing. I have a a digital internet currency worth $60,000 and you have faith that's worth $60,000 and I have faith that's worth $60,000 and same with the huge market of people. And we all, based on faith in this, are exchanging value with one another. But the whole point of currency is the exchange of value between two parties. And I do think that people will be able to exchange value better in the future. Either a content creator will be extracting value from the market they serve yeah. because they're well-known or a content creator might be willing to give value to a market they because they don't have one. And they're like, if you'll give me your attention, I will give you some value right. for that. Well, I, I'm again, man, my mind's exploding on this because like, I guess in some ways it's, it's a trust issue. And once you have communities, it's certain, and without a doubt, NFTs are going to be supported by certain communities and then have ripple effects on the way out. And, and, and I guess in some apples and oranges way, go with me on this, it's similar to, to, I remember when eBay first came out, you're like, you mean I'm going to trust that you're going to send me, you know, my, watch this. I'm going to really date it. You're going to send me my beanie baby after I send you a, and, 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 and that rating system and that trust prevailed. Did some people buy an Xbox two and not get it? Yes. And then they got a one star or a zero star rating. And did you get that special deluxe beanie baby that turned out to be just a bean bag? Yes. But those communities end up kind of pushing up 
those who are worthy and trustworthy and pushing down. And, and I'm certainly some genres went away. I see the same thing with if, if NFTs are going to catch on, it's, it is probably things that are digital only first, and then just trust that the contracts written are, are going to be, you know, I, I have heard and, and we're not both like, we're not fanboying on Gary, but he has been a bullhorn here recently of like authors is saying like, Hey, when my book comes out, I will have 100 NFT backed digital copies. And then like, you know, when I have an event, you get a VIP access and stuff like that. That is that unique Venn diagram of um, a human element a digital proof of your book was number four of 100 and uh, a a token assigned to a ledger in a community around uh, of support. So I, yeah, uh, all in all enthralled and, and I'm even more enthralled that you guys will be able to do live podcasting. And then before it truly goes live to any other platform, it was captured there and proven there at attention live. That's right. Man, I want to hear. I want to. I want to end with this. With this thought, sure. And not, not, not to cut us short. No, no, you're fine. There are two types of technologies today. That the answer to any question is almost always yes, and. So think about that. That's not usually the answer for a lot of things. When you say, "Is it like this, or can it do that?" You don't always hear yes and. There's two yes and texts, voice technology and cryptography or decentralized technology or distributed ledger technology or blockchain or NFTs. These are two areas. Voice tech being Apple Siri on your phone, Samsung Bixby on your phone, Microsoft Cortana in your office. These texts can do whatever it is you're thinking they can do and Today, maybe not. Soon, that's the assumption. The same thing goes for cryptography. And again, this is why I mentioned in the very beginning. For folks to go to attn.live, we have a white paper. It's currently in English and Spanish. I just translated to Hebrew. I'm translating to French and many other languages. You can read it, you can listen to it, or you can watch it. And this will give very keen insight into these two types of texts. The voice tech as the interface between humans and computers and blockchain tech as the foundational anchor that holds software together in this new paradigm. Ian, thank you. Uh, I also recommend that you check out that website. They also have a couple of YouTube videos. The one I was alluding to earlier of him live streaming a live stream. <laughs> uh, it'll blow your mind. And, and I think that was when it became real to me. Uh, but also the, uh, the, the post office, the flea market and the radio radio was also good for, for my dad. Ian, thank you so much for being on our show and, uh, introducing us to this world. And clearly we'll talk offline about, uh, more things here soon. I'll enjoy that. <laughs>